0: Constance.
1: And I'm Lucinda.
0: And together in our Kids' Law podcast, we're going to take a look at how laws affect children as we grow up.
1: So, what are we going to look at in this episode, Alma Constance?
0: Well, in the last episode, we discussed why it's important to be able to challenge the behaviour of organisations like the police because they have such strong powers over people. I want to understand more about who controls the government.
1: Each country has a constitution made up of laws and rules that organises the way it's run. It regulates the way state institutions are managed and as between the state and the individuals. These rules are meant to make sure that the decisions and laws are clear and can be seen to be fair by making sure that no one making the decisions has too much power or can't be challenged. Let's talk to Adam Wagner, a barrister who specialises in human rights. We spoke to him in 2020 about the COVID lockdown laws and how they affected children. And he has written a new book called Emergency State, which looks at the way that those lockdown laws were made and the bigger picture of why the way laws are made and enforced is such an important way to make sure that governments act properly.
0: Hello, Adam. And welcome back to our Kids Law podcast. We are so happy to have you back here. Can you please tell us more about why countries have a constitution and how it is supposed to control the government from having too much power?
2: Hi, I'm a Constance and hi, Lucinda. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm really pleased that I'm able to come back on and talk about my book and follow up on some of the things we were talking about last time. Um, So for most people, the constitutions are invisible but they're really really important in how a state works so if you think of it as if you go to school and the school has lots and lots of rules um, ranging from you know what time the school opens and what time it shuts whether you can run down the corridor or you have to walk the way you behave towards people the most important thing is making sure that all the systems the school uses like how the um head teacher behaves, what the rules the teachers have to follow um is you know is central to how the whole institution runs. So in the same way a constitution decides what the relationship is between citizens and the governments, or like in our country we have a king, um it's really important in generating trust and coordination. And it's a framework for decisions being made by government and particularly what what's called the legislature, which is the lawmaking body. So every country has a group of people who make the laws. So in our country, we have a parliament and we also have a government, which is the people who come from the political party that's in power and involves the prime minister and the ministers. And we also have judges who decide how the law should be interpreted and applied to individuals. And what's really important is within all those groups, one group shouldn't have too much power. Um, so just like in a school, if you have a head teacher who is able to do exactly what they want whenever they want, without any rules regulating them, or if even worse, if you have rules but no one can enforce them, then things tend to go wrong. So constitutions explain how, all those different groups interact, um, and also how power is spread through the state.
0: What type of constitution do we have here in the United Kingdom?
2: So most countries have the rules of their constitution written down. The UK is different because unlike many, many countries, it doesn't have a constitution which is written down in one place. If you want to find it, you've got to look for lots of different documents. um, And not all of the documents are obviously part of the constitution. You have to sort of ask somebody who's an expert to to point you to the bits that they think is part of the constitution. And that can be in um, the statutes that come out of parliament, in the decisions which judges make, it can be conventions, um, rule books, it can be a bit all over the place. You have to go on a bit of a treasure hunt to find the constitution. The point is, it's not very clear. Um, But one of the central things about the UK constitution, which everybody would probably agree with, is that parliament is at the centre of it. And that's what's sometimes called parliamentary sovereignty. Um, And sovereign really means a king or a queen. But in our country, parliament is at the centre of it because parliament can make and um, get rid of laws.
0: Do you think it does protect the right of individuals? And can people challenge the decisions made by the government?
2: So that's a really big question and a really important one. So in theory, yes, there are laws to protect individuals from um, the state using power in the wrong way. But they're not always put into practice by the people whose job it is to put them into practice. And they may not treat people fairly and equally. If you have to go to the courts to enforce your rights that can be really expensive and although anybody can go to court not everybody can afford a lawyer to argue their case in court and it's really really difficult to make your own arguments in court without a lawyer because laws are really complicated and you need expertise to be able to do really well in court usually um so but there are ways that people can challenge the government and other state organisations things called judicial review where the court will look at the decision of a public authority and decide whether it was lawful. So whether it was done within the law that they've and the parliament has set. There's things like the Human Rights Act, which is a really important law, which describes the rights that we have, the right to life, the right to liberty, the right to free speech, the right to protest. Those are all really important rights, which which are protected in law. But again, you have to go to court to enforce them. So it can be it can be really difficult for lots and lots of people to go and find a lawyer and, and go to court. But one of the really interesting examples recently of the possible really, really uh, heavy power of the state is during the COVID pandemic. And that's what I talk about in my book.
0: Last time we spoke, you talked to us about what we could and couldn't do during lockdown. That was a very strange and quite a scary time for all of us. We couldn't go to school or see friends or even go on holiday. What laws did the government use then to make that happen?
2: Yeah, so w- when we spoke last time, we were in this very um, strange time when the government was deciding practically every few days what we will be allowed to do. From when we woke up in the morning to when we went to bed at night, You know, would we be able to leave the house? Could we go to school? Well, could we work? Could we go to the shops? Like the things that usually are just the most simple things became really quite complicated, which is what I talk about in the book. And how that worked was, the government created over 100 laws They used something called the Public Health Act, which is an act of parliament which allowed the government to basically make a criminal offence of socialising, of worshipping, of singing and dancing, of exercising and most difficult for for many people is we couldn't even be with our loved ones um even if they were sick and one of the things that I talk about in the book is that those laws were weren't made in the normal way that Parliament makes laws so there's about one thousand four hundred people that are in parliament there's about half in the House of Commons who are elected and half in the House of Lords who aren't and usually when laws especially important laws before they get passed, they get debated in Parliament, usually for months. They can be amended, so people can make changes to them, and then they eventually get voted on. But because we were in an emergency, that whole process went out the window, and instead of them taking months to pass laws, it sometimes took days, and very often, in fact, with over a hundred of those laws, the the Secretary of State for Health, Matt Hancock, he just signed them at the bottom of the piece of paper, and all of a sudden. Almost was by magic. They came into force, and I was just reading his books. He describes this: he would print them out at home, and then he would sign the law. And all of a sudden, we wouldn't be able to leave the house, or it would be a criminal offence to eyes with somebody. So these this was a really strange time, and it lasted for seven hundred sixty three days and over a hundred laws, where the where just a few people in the centre of government were. Deciding all these laws, um, and basically Parliament took a back seat, and that was a really, you know, as you said, it was quite a frightening time. It's also really important and interesting to look at it and think about what what happened and how it happened.
0: Did people try to challenge these laws, and were you involved?
2: Yeah. So my work is dealing with human rights, and that often means there's a balance between rights. And when it came to the pandemic, um, there was this balance between the importance of protecting people from the virus. Um, And human rights issues. Because COVID, although, you know, was not particularly deadly for for children, for younger adults, it was deadly to lots and lots of older adults or people with underlying health conditions. And in fact, over 200,000 people died during the pandemic within 28 days of being diagnosed with COVID. Um, Lots and lots of people are left with something called long COVID, which makes them exhausted. And you know, unable to go to work or go to school, those sorts of things. So it was a really dangerous disease. So you had to think, well, what's the way to balance our rights to family life, to freedom of speech, to religious observance, all of those things against the threat of spreading this really deadly virus before there was a vaccine. And the government had to decide what that balance was. And I was involved in quite a lot of legal cases, for example, about hotel quarantine, which is over 200,000 people were kept in hotel rooms for two almost two weeks after they came back from certain countries, including lots of children. And I was involved in cases challenging that policy. I was involved in a case after there was a very serious crime happened involving a woman who was walking home from work. Um, some women went out, wanted to go out and protest, and the police told them, that they weren't allowed to go and protest for women's safety and that eventually was found to have been unlawful by the courts because the police were thought that the covid regulations the covid laws meant that nobody could protest but in fact that wasn't true they should have allowed they should have at least thought through whether there was a balance between the public health risk of the protest and the right the right to freedom of speech the right for those women to explain to, to show, to talk to everyone, to society about what they were thinking and what they were feeling. And I also work with the Joint Committee on Human Rights, which is a part of Parliament. It's a group of um, people from all over the House of Lords and the House of Commons that look at human rights issues. And I spent a year working with them to try and understand the issues relating to COVID.
0: Are there any COVID laws still in force?
2: So there is still the Coronavirus Act, which is a very big piece of legislation, a law, which did lots and lots of different things. It was actually a, an emergency bill that was already had already been written in most part. It was designed for, for a flu outbreak. But what they did is they took it off the shelf and they said, right, we're going to call it the Coronavirus Act. And it did things like allow for courts to sit online made a big difference because before covid there was you couldn't have a court um by video link like by zoom or, or teams but so all of a sudden you could this um acted lots of other things to make it easier for society to run while um there was a pandemic um but but in terms of the restrictions that we all remember like not being able to leave the house not being able to travel um having to self isolate. Um, when we had COVID, or when we, or to wear face coverings, none of that exists anymore. That's all gone.
0: I know that COVID hasn't yet gone away completely, but the vaccines protect most of us now. But if we had another pandemic, how do you think laws should be used?
2: Um, yes, yeah, so so COVID hasn't gone away really at all. What's got less is the risk to people of catching COVID because most people have had COVID or they and or they're vaccinated. But I think there's lots to learn about what happened um, during the pandemic. One thing that we should learn about the the way the laws were passed is that after a few weeks, when we knew what was happening a bit more and it was a bit less of an emergency, I think that there should have been more thought should have been given to involving other people in the making of those laws. Because when only a few people are making laws, um, instead of a whole parliament or the public being involved, you can make mistakes and you don't know if what you're doing is the right thing or the wrong thing. And I think the laws got really complicated really quickly. And I think that we could have done things a little bit better like that. I think there's another important thing that happened is that you you probably will have heard that lots of the politicians who were responsible for making the laws didn't follow the laws that they were making. So the prime minister in the end as, as God, Boris Johnson is no longer Prime Minister, in part because in government, there were lots and lots of parties during the lockdowns when we all had to not have parties. You probably remember at Alma Constance that as uh, parents had to tell the children that they weren't allowed to have birthday parties, but the Prime Minister had a birthday party. And I think that's a lesson to learn about government, but it's a, it's a lesson we all should know from our everyday lives that when you see your parent or a teacher breaking the rules that they've just told you that you've got to keep um in how, how does it make you feel <laughs> does it make you feel like you should keep the rules
0: oh because he's the one that actually made the law so why aren't they following it
2: exactly and it doesn't set a good example does it um in the end i think people do what they think is right but they also follow people's examples and we can all learn not just about politics but about all parts of society that if we want people to take seriously, do the right thing. First thing is the people making the rules need to do the right thing. So um, I think it's really important to um, to learn those lessons.
0: Do you think we should have a constitution in one document? Would that have been better?
2: Um, I do think, going back to where we started, that it's time to think a bit more carefully about whether we should write down our constitution all in one place rather than having to go on a treasure hunt every time we want to find bits of it. Because these things like who can decide when there's an emergency? Um, what rights do we have um, during really serious emergency times? They're really important and they and they shouldn't be left to chance, like whether we can find them or not.
0: Adam, when we asked you before on our podcast, you told us that when you were 10 years old, you wanted to be an astronaut. And then later on, you wanted to be a lawyer because you wanted to use law to help people. Do you think legal challenges are an effective way to help people,
2: and why? Um, yeah, I I think they really can be. I mean, sometimes in law, when you're, especially when you're in court a lot, it's a bit like sports. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, and that's just part of the way it all works. But lots of times, I've been involved in cases where people have been helped by the law um and as a lawyer your job is to help people use the law to help themselves and there's lots and lots of times where lawyers can help people find the right way to challenge the, the way they're being treated by another person or by the government or by you know by the state but i think we do help people and you know i still want to be an astronaut i haven't given that up but um if I'm not going to be able to be an astronaut, then being a lawyer is pretty cool too.
0: I know you have a daughter, Mary. So what's it like having a daddy that's a lawyer? It it's kind of weird because I've had my friends at school saying, I seen your dad on TV. Or I seen I, I heard your dad on the radio. Well
2: You liked coming to the book book launch, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Mainly because there was food.
2: <laughs> that's my daughter. And do you think would you be a lawyer when you grow up?
0: No, definitely not.
2: No. What do you want to be? i don't know i'm eight alma
0: no i want to study music
2: then... that sounds good i think mary would do that
0: yes, yes. <laughs> thank you so much adam for explaining the british constitution to us and the role of law in making state organizations operate properly do you have any suggestions of where people can get more
2: information um yeah so oh that's a good question yeah so um I set up a charity which helps you find out all about human rights. And it has lots of videos and animations and infographics and articles and all sorts of things. And I think it'd be it's brilliant for children as well. And it's called each other. That's each other.org.uk. And just have a have an explore. And if your school wants to use any of the things or get some thoughts about how to use them in lessons, then just get in touch um, through the contact tab.
1: Thank you so much, Adam. That's great.
2: Absolute pleasure. Um, Really nice to see you again, Alma Constance, and well done for doing this. It's great.
1: Thank you. Nice to see you too. Well, Alma, what do you think about what Adam told us today?
0: Well, he told us that most countries have a constitution which regulates the way that the government, the lawmakers and the judges work together. In the UK, we don't have a single document of all of these rules, and so it's rather like a treasure hunt when looking for them. During COVID, the government didn't use Parliament to debate the laws, and they were made very quickly. Usually, a new law would probably take many months to make, but the COVID laws only took a few days.
1: Yes, Adam says it's important when laws are made to balance the rights of the individual and the government. And that if there is a next time when laws need to be made very quickly, we should have more people involved in looking at these proposed laws. He also thinks that legal challenges are a good way to help people, as a lawyer's job is to help people understand the law and challenge the way that they are being treated if necessary. In our podcast, we've been exploring how laws work and affect young people. It's important for all of us to understand our rights and responsibilities so that we can make informed decisions not only about our lives, but also about things like voting for MPs who make the laws and understanding how the legal justice system works. It's also important that children know that they should be kept safe and that adults must care for them. Remember, if you've got any worries, talk to an adult you trust and tell them how you feel. This includes your teachers at school who are there to help look after you, so tell them if you need to talk to them. You can find more information on our Kids' Law Info website.
0: Keep your questions coming in. Please subscribe, rate and share the podcast with your friends. See you soon in the next episode. Bye! Bye.